This morning, it is the first Sunday in Advent. And as we approach this day, what we want to do is we want to hear God's Word, and we want to let God's Word speak to us and penetrate deeply. And so this morning, if you have your Bibles, we're going to begin in Matthew chapter 5. We're going to look at verses 2 through 5 together this morning. And as we do that, um, I want to ask, we'll, we'll put the words up here on the screen for you, but I want to ask that we stand and let us, as we did last week, read God's Word together. So would you stand with me? Matthew chapter 5, verses 2 through 5, here is what we read. Does it say, did I say Matthew? Well, most people don't know this, but Matthew had a brother named Micah. He's, he's not written about anywhere else. Uh, Nancy knows I do this all, January, June, anything that starts with the same letter, I get it confused. So anyway, Micah chapter five, verses two through five, would you read God's word with me this morning? Go ahead. But to you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me, one who is to be ruler in Israel, who's for, coming forth is from old, from ancient days. Therefore, he shall give them up until the time when she who is in labor has given birth. Then the rest of his brothers shall return to the people of Israel. And he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they shall dwell secure to the ends of the earth. One more. Okay. And he shall be their peace. Father God, help us to hear, receive, understand, and apply this word deeply within us. We want to begin this season well, live this season well, and we want everyone that we know to be able to look at us and realize that we have a Savior and we have hope and we have joy that cannot be tarnished by the busyness, by the hectic pace, by the stresses and strains, by the pulls and tugs on our lives. We're grateful, Lord. And we come today to celebrate our Savior, Jesus. We pray all this in his name. Amen. You can have a seat. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to December. Now, when I was a kid, it's a little different. When I was a kid, it seemed like December would never get here. And once December hit, it seemed as if Christmas Day would never arrive. I remember spending countless hours looking through catalogs, circling, dog-earing pages, and making sure that my mother knew where those catalogs were, leaving, things, leaving it open to a certain page. Maybe some of you went through this. The anticipation of the season, the putting up of the decorations, the riding around and seeing Christmas lights all over, but it seemed it would never, ever get here until it finally did. As you grow up, you understand that the childlike wonder of Christmas 
it begins to be tamped out a little bit because we're so busy and we're so torn and we get so stressed in a season like this that that childlike wonder, that, that mystery, that anticipation of Christmas seems to evaporate a bit for us. But followers of Jesus can and should have an eagerness, an anticipation for Christmas. For us, even though there's lots of other things wrapped up in this season, there, there should be in us an anticipation for the, the truth, the heart of it. And so we, as a church, and as churches scattered across this world, we recognize today is the first Sunday of Advent. And Advent is designed to help prepare our hearts for Christmas. We do a lot of other preparations, don't we? We send out our cards. We, have, we, we schedule parties. We plan trips to see family. We order things and we have boxes and boxes and boxes that show up from Amazon. We, we do all these things that are associated with the season, but too seldom do we prepare our hearts for Christmas. And so that's what we want to do together as the family of God. We want to prepare our hearts for this season. We want to build the anticipation for Christmas. It's not that we're looking forward to a great haul of goodies. You know, I find it strange, you know, the car companies have all these, these, these great commercials where they come out and somebody gets up on on you know, Christmas morning and they go and they look out in the driveway and there's a new car with a giant red bow on it. And, and thinking a little more on the practical side, I'm going, how does, how does someone go out and make a major purchase of such a personal vehicle for someone else without ever having discussed it? I, I, I'm sure that the joy of finding a car in your driveway would be an awesome thing until you realize that's not at all what I wanted. And we're already struggling with debt, and here it is. So we're not looking forward to that kind of a Christmas. Well, I mean, honestly, some of you go, okay, I'll take it, whatever it is. But we want to prepare ourselves in a different kind of way. We want to look forward to Christmas in a different kind of way. Celebrating a God who loved us so much that he sent his very own son to be our Savior. This morning, the scripture we read was from Micah, not Michael or, or, or Malachi or Matthew or whatever I said. It's a book that's found in the Old Testament. And oftentimes we think, you know, okay, there's this dividing line and, and the New Testament tells us all about Jesus, but the Old Testament doesn't have anything to do with Jesus. I want to let you know the Old Testament has very much to do with Jesus. In fact, the primary point of the Old Testament is preparation for one moment. The coming of Jesus as our Savior and Lord. There's this fancy theological word that uh, we could toss around. The word is protoevangel. Proto proto I can't even say it. Protevangelium, protevangelium, and you go, okay, well, that, 
That sounds like some new drug that they would advertise on TV because they've run out of drug names, so they just create things, right? Out of, it's just weird. Protovangelium, what is that? Well, it comes from two words. The first, protos, meaning first, and the second, evangelium, meaning gospel or good news. As we look back into the Old Testament, we see the first gospel, the first pointing towards, the first revelation that there's something else to come. There's some good news in the midst of all this bad news we find beginning in Genesis chapter 3. There's some good news that is coming at a certain point. An Old Testament scholar named Derek Kidner said that the Old Testament, this proto-evangelium, is, is the first glimmer of the gospel. We catch the first glimmer of the good news of Jesus Christ. So if we go all the way back to Genesis chapter 3, after the fall of Adam and Eve, after they've eaten of the fruit, they face these curses from God. God says, because you've done this, this is what's going to come to you. And he goes, he talks to Adam and he talks to Eve, and then he talks to the serpent who was there who led them astray. And this is what he says in, in verse 15 of chapter 3 of Genesis. He says to the serpent, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring, and he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Now, a lot of people read this and go, oh, that's why we're afraid of snakes. Well, I think that does have something to do with it, but there's more here. This is pointing forward to a time when the offspring of Eve, someone born as a person, is going to come and crush the head of the serpent, of Satan. That there is one who's coming who's going to thwart Satan's work. And that is what we celebrate at Christmas time. This is our first glimpse, our first glimmer of one who is to come. This is the fulfillment of God's promise made so very, very long ago, a fulfillment that we celebrate at Christmas time. Now, in the Old Testament, we find not only this, but we find glimpses, we find uh, images, we find prophecies that tell us of the one who would come and deliver us. The Jewish law and the temple sacrifices show us our desperate need for a Savior. The Jewish temple was a beautiful building. And yet day and night, animals were being sacrificed. One after another, after another, after another. Trenches were made in the stone for the blood to run away from the altar. It was inescapable. Because of our sin, Something must die. And in fact, we know that 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 something that must die is us. But God was not content with that. And so God sent his son to be that once for all sacrifice. And yet all the sacrifices that took place day after day, year after year, in the tent of meeting and then in the temple, pointed forward 
to one who would come and do away with all the sacrifices. For he himself would be our sacrifice. The Old Testament shows us that the slavery and sorrow of Israel were just a picture of our own slavery to sin and the sorrow that it brings. And that we too, like the people of Israel who suffered in Egypt, need a deliverer. Page after page after page after page in the Old Testament point to our dilemma, point to our demise, and offer a word of hope that is coming. A Messiah, a Savior, a Deliverer. And that is what we celebrate at Christmas time. 700 years before Jesus was born, the prophet Micah said, But you, O Bethlehem Ephrata, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth one from me, who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from old, from ancient days. The prophet Isaiah said, A voice cries, In the wilderness prepare a way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. It was echoed over two centuries later by Malachi. Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. In 500 years of silence after Malachi, God spoke through a man named John the Baptist. In Matthew 3, we read, In those days John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah when he said, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Their message was the same. Prepare, the Lord is coming. Get ready, the Lord is coming. He's on his way. And John was able to point and say, he's here. And now we point back and say, he came. Advent prepares us to remember and to celebrate this coming. Jesus entered into a dark, broken, sin-saturated world. And he came to undo that curse He came to open the eyes of those who were spiritually blind. He came to set sin's captives free. He came to bring light into our darkness. And as we prepare for our Christmas celebration, we celebrate that coming, that promise fulfilled. But this season, might we also be wise enough to prepare for his return. We celebrate his coming. Are we prepared for his return? Just as God's people were called in the Old Testament to prepare for the Lord was coming, we, his people, need to prepare for his return. Just as the people then did not know when Jesus would come, we're told in the New Testament that We don't know the day or the hour. We simply know that he's coming back. And just as a promise of the Old Testament was fulfilled in the coming of Jesus, God has given us another promise. 
Jesus said, I will come again and receive you unto myself. We're told that there's coming a day when the skies are going to be rolled back like a scroll, that there's going to be a loud shout, that there's going to be a trumpet call, and the dead in Christ will rise. And then we who remain, will be, we will be gathered up to meet with the Lord in the air, and so will we ever be with the Lord. So come as promised. He will return as promised. On this first Sunday of Advent, we celebrate the arrival of Jesus. But are we prepared for his return? How do we prepare? As Savior and Lord, I want you to know that he came for you. He didn't come just to be a, a good moral teacher. He didn't come to just provide or even a great prophet. Jesus came to die. That's why he came. His entire purpose for coming was that was unexpected. In fact, just as the prophets told us that Jesus would come, they also told us that Jesus would die. And not just that he would die, but how he would die. And that's why when we read John 3.16 throughout the year, that is a Christmas verse to be sure. That God loved this world so much that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life to prepare for Jesus coming perhaps for you today it is to receive this Jesus as your Savior as your Lord to acknowledge that he died for your sin on Calvary's to take you to be where he is if that's what you need this morning then I want to let you know in just a few minutes we're going to sing a final song and as we sing that song I want to invite you to respond to the grace of God in Jesus Christ to the love of God in Jesus Christ if you need Jesus as Savior save yourself to be good enough to be righteous enough then perhaps today you will listen to the prompting of the Holy Spirit within you who's drawing you, who's calling you to come to Christ. But what about us who've already made that step of faith? We can acknowledge that Jesus is our Savior, that Jesus is our, the Lord of our lives. What about us? Last week, we provided a, a little resource for you, a, a devotional guide, the cast of Christmas. It's got the, it's the same theme as you see on the, the image behind you. And the good news is we ran out. That's the great news. Well, actually, the better news is this. We have more. We went ahead and ordered more. So if you did not pick that up, some of you may have gotten it a little bit confused. Um, we, we have a devotional guide that Pastor Jimmy talked about. You might have been a little disappointed. So here it is. They are at the Grace at Home Resource Center. 
you can pick yours up. This is a great way to prepare. Just this week, um, I, and I, we, Nancy had talked to someone else who had also saw this. Just this week in day four. Again, how many, how many years have I celebrated Christmas as a Christian? How many years have I celebrated Christmas as a pastor? And yet to open up a devotional book like this and to find a, a fresh word from God. A fresh challenge from God during this Christmas season was an encouraging thing. And so if you didn't get yours, we'd, we'd like one per family. Please take this. I know you're a little bit behind. You're, you're about six days behind. But go ahead and pick up wherever you are and let it lead you and help you. And use this together as a family if you can. As a couple, as individuals, as families, use this as a guide. And let it help prepare your hearts. As you prepare, I could give you a long list of things to do. But let me, let me narrow it down to not doing, but being. Be the child of God that you are. Be the son or daughter of your Father in heaven. Be the one who is forgiven. Be the one who has received mercy. You say, well, how does that help? When you know who you are, when you rest in who you are in Christ, when you live in who you are in Christ, the doing takes care of itself if we know who we are and live as who we are. The Pharisees wanted to know which of all these hundreds of laws that we had to obey to make God happy. Jesus said, let me bring it down. Love God. Love others. That sums up the law and the prophets. Love God. Love others. Don't get so consumed about all the trappings, all the, all the, all the stuff, all the, all the stresses of this season. Spend this season loving God and loving others in Jesus' name. And when Jesus returns, you will have lived this life well. Let's pray. Father, we acknowledge that we so often get sidetracked, get derailed, we acknowledge, Lord, that we allow the stresses of the season to affect our attitude, we allow the 
all the stuff associated with Christmas. We allow it to, to consume us. Today, Lord, as we celebrate the Jesus who came to us and we acknowledge that there's a Jesus who is returning for us in this in-between time. As we're in the midst of all the doings, God, would you remind us about who we are? Would you let us rest in the being, the being a child of God, to being a co-heir with Christ? Lord, would you teach us to stop and love you and love each other? Would you teach us to be more like Jesus Lord we give ourselves to you on this first Sunday of Advent we give ourselves to you and we ask Lord that you would make us a gift to others this is our prayer in Jesus name